episode 254 of Global from Asia, Asia or China to Mexico and Latin America. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Hope everybody's doing great this Tuesday. When this show is online, I will be actually going into a bank meeting in Hong Kong. It'll be quite some time since I have been in Hong Kong. I think maybe October 2018, about more than six months ago or so. And meeting up with Ray at Unipro, doing some bank meeting, and then getting a few people together for a little round table, small little thing, and checking out this cross-border summit venue options in Guangzhou on Wednesday, the next day after the show goes live. And then Thursday, a little workshop in Shenzhen. I got another training session for a corporate company on Saturday and then back to heading back to Chiang Mai, Thailand on Saturday for my son's birthday. Don't know if I should admit, but I kind of took a corporate training project at the same day as my son's birthday, but I will be back for dinner. Luckily, China and Thailand aren't too far away from each other. Speaking of which, had conversations with some reporters. Obviously, this hot topic of the U.S.-China trade war has been everywhere, and we're all f- kind of wondering what to do. I've been um, been looking at different options as well. I mean, we, we buy quite a bit in China here, as well as many of you probably selling online. I mean, who can't buy from China? So it'll definitely change the way things happen probably forever. You know, I think I was saying to some of the reporters for an article they're working on, I think no matter what, even if taxes go back town, down, I think... Um, I've read this in some other groups. No matter what, the uh, people aren't going to trust the tariffs like conditions. I think people will be looking for other options, looking for other sources. So I think Southeast Asia and other parts of Asia, or maybe even in manufacturing in the U.S., maybe that will actually happen. It's pretty amazing, to be honest. And um, we are just pushing ahead here. Today's show... Let's get into the conversation. Today's show, Mar Rodriguez. I met her so many years ago. We'll talk about it in the interview. But she's a YouTuber, vlogger, content creator, B2B trader, doing China and Latin America trade. And we have some interesting conversation about a little bit about the trade war, but also more about trading between China and some of her experiences doing content marketing and having Chinese factories jumping on her uh her posts to try to get customers directly, which is pretty crazy, and some other interesting facts. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. And then afterwards, I'll do some blah, blah, blah a little bit, but uh, some of the experiences with Latin America. Thank you to our sponsor, GoRemit.hk. I am making payments with a lot of the different countries they use. I've been a user. I like to promote, and I'm so happy they've sponsored the show as well because i use them i am also talking about other countries they are expanding and listening to their users but they're a perfect solution for hong kong payments into mainland china thailand philippines vietnam and other countries around the world i'm actually talking to them right now about some other countries they are very friendly and open to talk 
to their users, which is why they're awesome and that's what a startup and tech company should do. Thank you for sponsoring. Check them out, www.goremit.hk. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to a Global from Asia podcast. This has been a show on, on my list for a long time. Mar Rodriguez, she's she's been a friend of mine in Shenzhen for many, many years. Uh, also a YouTuber, content creator, treat, you know, trading businesswoman between Latin America and China and Asia. Thanks for coming on to the show today, Mar. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. It's been a long time, but finally I'm here. Finally, yeah. It's great. I remember we met, I think it was 2010 or 11 at a, uh, at like a startup, startup startup conference in Shenzhen. And we had kept in touch. And you, you, you also came and supported and attended. Actually, this one of your YouTube videos comes up in the search results for the Cross-Border Summit. You did a, a review about it and it's always been supportive. So... Do you yeah, want to... it was years after that. But yeah, I remember actually in the startup, my team won. So I was very proud about it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You guys did great. I remember it was uh, it was the early days when nobody in China even seemed to know what a startup or a co-working space or an entrepreneur was. I remember we, we were like explaining it to everybody at the event. So it's crazy yeah, it how things fun. have changed. Cool. So do you want to maybe uh, introduce... how? I'm actually a little bit curious. I don't, I don't know the full story. How did you f- first get to China? And your what's your st- China story? Okay, sure. So first of all, um, I was previously living in Singapore because uh, my father was working there as an expat for Motorola. And since that time, I started liking, you know, the Eastern kind of culture, especially Chinese, because uh, in Singapore, there are so many Chinese um People basically, uh, sorry, in Singapore, most of the the majority of the population there are Chinese. So I started getting interested about like the Chinese culture and the Chinese language. And after my studies there, which were uh, high school studies, I just wanted to move to China and I just pursued my degree here. So I went to Shenzhen University. And that time that uh, we met, uh, back in the day, I think it was 2010 or 11, yeah. it was on a startup, and it was just very nearby, like, Shenzhen University. It was actually in Nanshan, if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were near so, the high-tech park. Yeah, Yeah, high-tech park, exactly. So I thought, okay, I, why I will not attend this event, since um, I like, you know, this entrepreneurship thing. I always uh, was interested on in it. So I went to this event, and at that moment, I was still a student of uh, Shenzhen University. So I just finished my degree, and after I start um, little by little working here, because I start uploading some videos, like when I was in university, about like, you know, life in China or uh, products, and people start asking me to sell them products. So I, I have a platform now, so I sell basically to... Most of my markets, like most of my clients, the main market is Latin America. So, yeah, that's how I stay here. Exciting. Yeah, I remember asking you, you were, I remember when we first talked there, you were, yeah, like you said, you were in university and you were also doing the trading B2B. I, I don't, I don't want to be ignorant, but I'm going to ask just because maybe listeners also aren't aware. Latin America is, is like, which what counts as Latin America, actually? 
Okay, so basically, uh, I'm talking about, well, not just, yeah, since I'm from Mexico, just, I don't know if you've mentioned this previously, but I'm from Mexico. Oh, sorry, yeah, um, I should have asked Mexico, that. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I'm from, uh, supposedly it's North America, right? But Latin America, I'm Latin also, like as a race, so um, I think Latin America must comprehend like Mexico and Central America as well as South America. So I just will call uh, Latin America, most of my clients are from Sp Spanish-speaking countries in the American continent, I will say. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, Latin America has been a popular topic, you know, in, in, our, in our various content here at at Global From Asia and the events, I mean, I, it seems like a, it's still a growing market. I mean, it's always been like a growth market. And um, how would you say the market conditions are between maybe China and, and Latin America now okay. now versus so, since you started? Or just, just some insights would be interesting for sure. Yeah, sure. Okay, so first when I started, there was a lot of interest from people, uh, I mean, from basically... A lot of people, let's say from countries like Peru or um, Chile, Bolivia, a lot of uh, clients there do not speak English because, you know, they don't have like the, like us in Mexico, we have borders with the USA. So it's quite common to speak English just because we travel there or some American companies have come to Mexico or the slang it's even Mexican mixed with some, I mean, sorry, the Mexican slang can be like some Spanish with uh, some English words together. But um, like in other countries, it's not very common to speak English. And so they found me as an, how to say, like as an intermediary to help them with their business. And back in the day, it was very popular, like they were so few companies doing it. But this has been developing so fast, as you might know as well, and so many of you are listening to this podcast, um, for example, the platform like Alibaba already is translated in Spanish as well as in so many other languages and it's super easy for clients directly to reach these big platforms and these big events like Canton Fair in Spanish language and to contact even those platforms and they will have someone in their tongue, mother tongue uh, answering whatever it is that they want to, you know, to know. So it's... Um, I will say in that regard of like competition wise before it was kind of a cracking up market and now it's of course um, increasing in like companies doing the same thing like the trading thing and a lot of clients are just wanting to come directly like they just want to come directly and search for factories because now we have like the social media I've seen a lot of companies factories directly just posting their stuff on Instagram or uh, so many also Chinese suppliers just go directly to Facebook. I used to have a very popular Facebook page. And whoever will write me a comment, this Chinese supplier will, will just directly catch those people and, oh. and be like, hey, I'm a supplier. So, yeah, that's, it's quite hard, you know. It's, that's, that's, it's quite that's, hard. that's tricky. That's not nice, I don't think. <laughs> exactly. So it's very um, tricky, as you said. That's the correct word. Like, which platform to use best? Mm. Because... You have all these comments and you want to increase your interactions, right? Like on social media and that's good for you. But also it can be an aspect if you are making business because so many other Chinese players are following me. And since I have like, let's say, thousands of people following me, I'm not very sure who is who. And they will not post a comment. They just directly will be contacting with 
my other fans, oh, and I, I will never talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So it's a big, it's a big topic. Another thing is like you know, uh, so many Chinese business people are willing to search, outsource some goods from abroad, especially Latin America. It's a very good source of like natural products. Like nowadays, I have this friend from China. He's opening a company of like natural uh, goodies, and she's importing from Bolivia quinoa. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, it's so like she a went, seed. She yeah. went directly. Yeah. 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 It's a very like nutritious kind of uh, grain kind yeah, of. Yeah, grain. Yeah, it's yeah. just like like rice will pop up when you cook it. So she just directly went. Like she's from Beijing. She opened her company in Beijing, and she went directly to Bolivia to get her like supplier. You know. Wow. And now and went also to Colombia to get coffee and also wants to go to Peru to get other stuff. So um, I think this is the business that is going to be seen on the future to come as well as now in the present. You can see that Chinese are willing to pay the price for really uh, good uh, stuff abroad. And those could be some products. Sure. I mean, just some ideas. Uh, I think we talk about it on the show. I mean, building building a brand, I think, is also important. And maybe some ideas is for listeners or for 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 people doing social media is maybe trying. You know, B two B is good mm-hmm. is good because you get bigger bigger orders up front. But sometimes, like you said, they might want just price, just care about the price, or they might not want the uh, the service or care about the service as much. Maybe, but. Uh, Maybe uh, maybe promoting branded products could be an idea too. Um, is I'm not sure how. Yeah. Just... So uh, basically, if I can tell more about my background, it's like I start doing this YouTube channel. So welcome you all. If yep, you want to yep. follow me, I have a channel in English, which is called From China with Love. Yep. And I base that channel more of of my travels as well as my recommendations because I am eating plant-based here, as he knows, and perhaps many of you. Yeah. And I have this other channel, which is like the Spanish channel. My name there is Marcari. Also welcome to follow. So in that channel, I'll mostly promote the products and also business models, which I think it's very interesting here because uh, I found out that they have a lot of creativity to you know, create different kind of models uh, compared to Mexico or perhaps elsewhere, right? Yeah. As well as um, just some trends in China. So that's how basically I just uh, have a fan base and then I just um, lead them to my big platform where I am selling like wholesale to business, like business and also individuals, like just entrepreneurs who are starting, right? And they don't have such a company, but also have the quantity to start. So... Uh, yeah, that's how we do it. And if you're talking brand-wise, I'll say like I have I'm, I'm branding myself because I'm just um, kind of offering my services as well as my know-how and my experience. So if you type like in the Google market, you will find all my information about like my videos and so many other uh, related things like my website. I have a blog, etc. Sure. So I'll, I'll link it yeah. on the show notes for sure. Uh, well, that's in Spanish. <laughs> But in Mexico, I'm quite I'm quite well known for this, so I think I will say brand wise, I'm branding my own self. Great, my, myself. I'm yeah. the asset. <laughs> Personal brand is definitely valuable. I mean, I guess maybe here, I guess I I have, I have. I guess Global for me is probably more of. I mean, it's a, it's the name of a show, but of course, it's very connected to me as an individual. So I think uh, I think we're similar. We have similar uh, 
positions. But yeah, personal brand is uh, is very valuable long term, and people know and trust you, and they they want to do business with you, and they 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 even if somebody were to like you said a Chinese supplier to c- contact them directly, they probably would many of your good fans would would prefer to do business with you or buy your products or your brand. So so it's uh it's definitely I think the best best model for sure. And yeah, I also think on the long run, right? Like because you can keep changing business models. Like let's say now this is not working but I'm still Michael McClinney, I'm still Mark Rives, so tomorrow I'm gonna just do B model. And I have I still have my fan base, so yeah. Got it. Yeah, I mean it's, it's yeah, audience. I guess they call it building an audience is 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 most work, but it's probably the most valuable thing. As long as you know you take good care of that audience, and uh, of course you got to balance, you know, uh, selling and making making income, and also educating and providing for for your audience. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. it also connects to a to a brand, right? I mean, a brand is is an is a group of people, an audience, a tr- a trust uh, trusted uh, place people go for a certain type of product or service. So. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 the best long term, and uh, and uh, but I think you know. Yeah, I've I've seen your English videos, which will also link. You know, your travels in China, and you're 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 great. You have your camera. Sometimes you have like the how do I say the hidden camera. You're like I've seen some where you're like this couple behind me is doing some. Oh yeah, yeah. Fighting behind me, or you know, you have your your you're really giving us the insights. A lot of different things in life and culture in China. So yeah, another thing which I would like to sum up here is like because of my channel, like they saw that I was just uh, showing China. I got to receive some opportunities as well to travel to other places and like we, you know, re- like reimburse like the whole trip because uh, they just wanted me to take the videos for showing people because they want to promote more tourism in China. So I thought that it was a very good, interesting opportunity, which I wasn't really aware of before. That's and good. Yeah, yeah. I also think it's a great chance to open, like, the markets of tourism, not just, like, you know, people know about Beijing, Shanghai, or Guangzhou, but recently I went to Guizhou or other places which are very unknown to foreigners, and I think... Uh, new chances are coming as well in China. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting point to talk about. I think, I guess they call it first tier and second tier, third tier cities. Is, yeah. So I, I kind of agree. I think going deeper into China is probably the bigger, op- the, the better opportunity now, right? I mean, I think the first tier is kind of almost too many foreigners or too much, like, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe now is the opportunity. Like you said, you get these opportunities to uh, expose people to these small, I, I don't want to say smaller, I'm catching my, how are there still millions of people, population, multi-millions, but uh, yeah. they're uh, small compared to the first tier cities, but it's there's definitely a lot of cool stuff happening there. And, and um, is that, I mean, how do you, yeah, I mean, how do you feel, I guess, as of recording, you know, right now there's this huge Donald Trump stuff. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't usually get political, but it's obviously connected to business. I, I don't business, know. Does, yeah. does this hurt or help Latin America and China? I've heard. I've, I think it's we will a, see it coming. Yeah, everybody will see. I, I'm not very sure how it will be affecting right now, especially, I mean, myself in particular. But I've seen like all my suppliers posting the news about that um, just a few days ago on the WeChat. 
about the, the raise on tariffs. So definitely perhaps on some products will be somehow you know, adjustment, but I'm not uh, sure overall like what is exactly going to be like the result. Mm. Because I have a lot of uh, clients, um, I would like to add as well, like a lot of my clients which are from Latin America in general, like Spanish-speaking people from uh, Central, South, and perhaps North America, Mexico, that are living actually in the USA and that are importing goods to there. So, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I've heard other, I've I've heard of some actually maybe positives it might be for Latin America. I mean, I think China's, from what I understand, been investing a lot over the years in South America or Latin America with, uh, I guess globally they're buying everywhere. But, um, you know, I think yeah. that there's a lot of natural resources, like you had mentioned in the interview today. There's, um, there, China's obviously consuming a lot, so they've been buying a lot. And in- yeah, you can see, for example, uh, avocado has been popping. Like, wow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they made like milkshake of avocado. You're, yeah, it's just very recent. Like back in the day when we met, I didn't see that much avocado around. But mm. now you go to everywhere and avocado is a thing. Yeah, yeah, those are great. I love, I love it. And uh, um, I just think, uh, I think it might be a positive. Actually, some people think you could even maybe get around the U.S. trade problem by sending to what is that word, Macador? It's where you send to Mexico or another country from China and then assemble it in. Mexico and then mm. send it into America and there's like yeah. tax tax uh, advantages of doing something like that I've yeah Macadoria I'm, I'm forgetting a name it's a Spanish word but uh I've it's like a term maybe that'll also be I've heard that might be an opportunity actually if the tariffs go up you might send to your goods to Latin America and then kind of assemble it there or 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 do other kind of things before it goes into the United States um things like that might 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 start popping up um but it seems like nobody really yeah. knows yeah as well as you know like the cost of like production this is like all over the internet like it's not as before so perhaps people is thinking like oh china is super cheap but it's oh. not you it's not to be what it used yeah, to exactly. like today so even uh, us uh, many of our friends have been leaving china because of this very reason mm-hmm I mean, the production costs here are increasing and they are just um, focusing more on like the national market who has the power, the capital to purchase, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's very interesting times. And and uh, I guess it, it's good content for your your channel in, this, in here. And uh, it's uh, I, I'm watching it. Everybody's watching it closely. But yeah, as we're just we're talking now. It's just the middle of May and... Uh, the news we don't even actually know what's gonna happen with the u.s china but i think what i i kind of agree with what i've read is it's definitely gonna, no matter what happens people are not gonna feel as comfortable it's always gonna be now this is this gonna because people thought that this stuff was over and it just kind of popped up again like I, people thought it was it was not as big of a problem but uh i think it's gonna always affect now like people's thought of buying from chinese factories now is like this risk with the yeah. taxes so yeah exactly before it was like oh, you don't give it a thought but now since this is happening what about tomorrow they launch this other law on tariffs then you are on a big like on a trouble if you already have your you know your supplier line assemble and everything so somehow it will affect surely yeah and 
I'm just thinking here. I get. I hope. Well, I hope it. I hope it helps your business. Our everybody's. Hopefully, hopefully. I guess you gotta try to think of the. I guess that's what business is about. Is trying to trying to do your best to predict the future and. Uh, no matter what, building a brand or building your, you know, you're doing great with your your content. I know how much work it is as, you know, I I, I just like to actually mostly focus on audio like this show. But uh, especially. Yeah, much better. Yeah, video is especially hard. I, I mean, the editing, you know, to make, you know, I see your, you also have, I feel like it's a Spanish style where you have the kind of the more cartoony style <laughs> editing. It's kind of cool. And, yeah, well, and uh, so, well, what what would you recommend listeners, you know, today, uh, with with these opportunities or these challenges in Latin America, U.S., you know, China, you know, to yeah. like you said, factories maybe trying to go direct and yeah, what are your thoughts? So since you know that I am. Well, I, I consider myself a plant-based or you'll say vegan person yeah, and vegan. I am always on the look of like natural stuff, yeah? Mm-hmm. I've seen this industry is growing very fastly in the recent years. So if you are someone that has uh, somehow a contact or you are a producer somehow uh, abroad of these kind of products which might uh, be of interest to China, I just mentioned a few examples, but of course there are so many more. Yep. I think this, uh, there's a good chance of doing trade with them instead of just the old uh, model of like, you know, buying cheap stuff from China and reselling them on your countries. Because nowadays it's quite hard. Like uh, four years ago when I first opened my business or five years ago, uh, we had uh, like, well, say eight times the quantities of now. But now uh, Chinese arrive there and they position themselves and they kill the market with their prices mm-hmm. and with them so many business around and I think it's happening like uh, global wide like everywhere I've seen so many of my friends like they were Turkish or Arabic not Arabic not so much but like Turkish where they also have uh, embraced the competition of the Chinese themselves going abroad and establishing themselves in other countries and just killing the price so this business is uh, no longer as it was before. I'm not going to say like in all the industries, but I'm, I'm saying like, for example, I, I was doing gadgets. And uh, we will sell for good prices, but now the, the income is not as high as before because of the big competition. So I think where you can really earn some profit is like selling to China, of course, selling some uh, natural, now they like the, the word organic. It's uh, getting very popular and with the certificate and everything, I think there is a good chance. Actually, I've seen that, um, I think in this week it's going to be like the first exposition ever of veganism happening in China. In, nice. um, in, in Hangzhou. Yeah, so many many uh, foreign companies are coming here to expose their products for the Chinese market to, you know, start buying their franchises or their brand names, etc. Awesome. So it's, it's nice. I think... This market is uh, good for the long-term run. Yeah, it's it's really it's really great. And uh, is that something you can people? I think, I mean, everybody wants to sell to China, but it's it's not as it's not as easy as buying from a Chinese factory and selling in your home country. I, yeah, that's that's right. It's uh, you know, I think they need somebody. I mean, is that something you could help with? I mean, if there's a listener that has like an organic product that that they think would be good for China is that 
is there or if you don't what would you tell them to do especially if they're not a lot of listeners aren't listen aren't in china you know or don't speak chinese yeah. you, you actually the other thing i want to say is you you spoke you went you study chinese you speak really well and uh and other things so i mean that stuff that's really hard for somebody listening in the u.s or you know europe or wherever yeah. they are today to get into is that something either you could help or what would you what would you tell them to do go to this expo i, I guess expos are good yeah i would say exactly like you can go to an expo i mean it depends right on the i mean on your scope what about if you have already your certifications you are already exporting to other countries and if you are a newbie on the market then i think you first should get some information about what is it needed for like export because I got contact by so many people like, hey, I have this, I have that, but they don't have the experience and they don't even have like the right documents to be exporting, as well as uh, there are some others who are already ready. So uh, I guess in these two cases, first uh, get to know more about what is that you need to sell to China. And second, um, uh, yeah, I think one, one option will be to come to an expo. I also saw this one happening uh, last year. I went to Hong Kong. This was, was in Hong Kong, not in mainland. But the one I told you just uh, in Hanzhou is going to be in mainland. This one uh, in Hong Kong last year was also about um, somehow natural products. And a lot of Peruvians came here selling quinoa. And they, sell, they say, wow, this market is really popping. And it was so worthwhile for them to come here because there are so many, you know, Chinese mainlanders that are willing to go to Hong Kong to those expos to get like you know, the the good deals because they know that they can get direct they can get direct prices from the suppliers, the the producers right back in Peru. So these um, venues are a great option for you to to expose yourself to to come and give some uh, samples. I went there and I it was really uh, impressive like how big this market is growing. I'm talking about this market, <laughs> sorry. Because I'm into this, yeah, uh, I, I mean, don't like think that this mentioned... is the only chance in whole China. But I'm I'm very into this thing, and he knows, so that's why I'm just speaking for my experience. But of course, there are so many other products I, I might guess, right? Yeah, well, it's good to share your your experience, your knowledge, your insights, and uh, I would I would agree, I would agree. I mean, I think Chinese are investing in health and uh, nutrition and it's something that uh, is important and i think the other advantage of they trust foreigners right like they do trust the expertise of yeah, foreigners that's very weird it's just like the um how to say you know this um this model uh, go my how to call it my go what is it uh, I go what is it uh, the, the one person that travels abroad oh and yeah travels. i uh, yeah, hi. It's true. I'm not. I mean, Daigo, Daigo. Daigo, Daigo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so this concept, it was um, created because of their trust of what you were just talking about. Like, they trust brain brands more than they trust them their own brand, you know? So they are willing to pay the price as well. So that's why this concept was uh, created. Like, there's this one person who is no matter, no, just a normal individual, no, with a company, just take like two cases and go to Australia or Korea and takes like really good quality products, some organic, some uh, skincare, whatever for the baby. And people here is willing to pay their price. Even no, you don't know that person, but he's selling and you say like, okay, give me this. So that is just a, is a low scale example of how this market is willing to pay the price for those goods, you know? Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think... 
uh, we've mentioned on the show, and I'm sure you've talked, share on your channels, like, I think anywhere in business, but especially in China, you have to always add value or you'll get cut out, you know? So I think by you being, a, like you said, certifications, experience, knowledge in, in this product from your home country and, uh, and willing to, to uh, you know, educate the market in China, how to use the product, why it's good, why they should buy your brand or your product versus somebody else's. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Um, but I guess come out, come out to China, go to one of these trade shows, like these natural product. I think that's always a good way to get into the market and learn is head to an industry event, whether it's in China or anywhere in the world really is, is you'll see people in the industry, see what kind of products are out there. I think that's definitely an effective way. Um, yeah, for example, there is this, uh, I don't know if you have ever seen this shop, which is called like Pagoda. Don't think so. But I'm not in the industry so much. So. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. It might have, I think. Okay, so there's this shop in China called Pagoda by Guoyuan, and it's like super big. It's like, um, I think has like a lot of thousands of shops all over China, just in Shenzhen, like 5,000 or so, and it just had opened like a few years ago, maybe five or six years ago. I think it was in 2010 when it was uh, created, and then little by little with one shop and the second year two shops, and just by hundreds and now thousands. It is even an IPO right now on the stock market in the USA. Yeah, it's great. So once I was doing this video for my Spanish channel, just anyone out there who's speaking Spanish, I would like to go and watch. As well as I have, uh, I have the link perhaps for this video. Yeah, you can link yeah. It. send it to In me. English, uh, I have the. Oh, you do? Okay, perfect. Yeah, I have also the English one. So the thing is, like uh, this shop, because it sells that much fruit, like all over China, uh, every day, seven days. Uh, uh, a week, and it's open from like very early morning to very late. It got. Uh, it, they just go directly to the supplier. Like they have, um, you know, producers. They have like um, three or four, I think, uh, producers in Mexico. They even have the pictures of the ranch where they get their avocados from. Wow. So they are not like really, you know, intermediating with someone. They go directly. And then I was like asking because I was filming this video about where do they get their other stuff from, and they were like, okay, we got it directly to from this place. So they will just go directly, and that's really great. Perhaps many people are not very well educated on how it is working on China, you know, but just to see this example is like you can have a vision of how big you can grow if you will just you just get to have one of these uh, contracts, you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's a show in itself how to get something like that. Uh... But it's definitely yeah. amazing if somebody listeners could get into that. But I probably would start with a trade show, of course. That we didn't bring up the word guanxi or relationships, but I'm sure that also has you know you have to know people or have people in your company that know know people to get in. I think that's true anywhere in the world, really. To get into these large distribution contracts takes takes relationships and time to build those relationships. But it's 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 exciting. I mean, this has been a really fascinating conversation mar and maybe we you know i know you, you maybe uh let's kind of like get to the let's start to wrap up a little bit about of course we mentioned you'll definitely send me make sure you send me some of those links to those videos i'll link to your your channel at least in okay, english sure. and um 
I you know I kind of asked already, but I think what would you recommend? You know, I list maybe the last kind of advice somebody trying to get into the China market now. What would be maybe? I know it depends. There's obviously depends on where they are. Maybe if they're early stage development, maybe they have a product idea like in maybe in this natural category, but they don't speak Chinese. They maybe never been to China before. They're in their home country, say in the West. What would be I guess learn,、yeah. right? Learn is what you say. Well, that's very tricky because, as you say, now a product. So when they have so many clients that have a product and are really kind of scared, you know, to be like scammed with their know-how and people making it here. So that's another story compared to selling like natural products, which cannot be like replicated. You know、true. what I mean, right? True. True. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So yeah, of course, a lot of people are always afraid to share their. Idea or their product.、Um, so first, I would recommend、uh, if you have it all. It also depends on which kind of product, of course. But I would recommend you to come to a trade show if you are really、um, willing to pay for the investment of it, and you are, you know, kind of、uh, sure that it has somehow a potential. And a lot of、uh, those suppliers, which I've mentioned previously, from Peru selling quinoa or from Mexico selling other things, came first to Hong Kong. Because that's kind of a a hub, you know,、mm-hmm. from where you can launch your products, and perhaps after you can consider mainland, because so many like importers, so many mainland importers are taking stuff from Hong Kong. So perhaps you can get to have a good deal there, because you know coming to mainland is another thing. It's like yeah, like you said, perhaps it could be too troublesome for some, but you can start from there. I'll say that. Yeah, I think that's great. Hong Kong is a great one too, and it's also got a decent market. I have friends that have like retail stores there that are doing distribution, and then they, it's like a gateway into China. Like,、um, and also Southeast Asia is a huge opportunity, and and、uh, finding like partners. But thanks so much for your sharing openly, Mar. I know you're a content creator like me, and I'm happy. I hope this show helps get you some new subscribers. Definitely, if you guys are enjoying this, ch- check out her YouTube channels. English and I, if you want to see her Spanish channel too, I'll link it up and、uh, support her. And、um, I also I don't I don't know I don't want to be annoying. I, I kind of think it's annoying, but you know it's also you're a female business owner.、Yeah. It's really I, I feel actually guilty a lot of times. I don't have much many females on the, in our content and that are. But you're you're out there. You you know I I really am proud of you, to see your hard work and your consistency. So <laughs> so especially as I hate to say because it it's a woman. You know I, I don't know. There's all these groups of women entrepreneurs, and I don't want to say because you're a woman, you're a great business person regardless. But it's it's、uh, it's great to、uh, finally have you on the show, and、uh, and I hope、uh, to continue to see your development. Thank you. Thanks a lot, and welcome to yeah. Follow me on the channel as well as you know to suggesting perhaps suggest us some future topics perhaps for the channel for the podcast. Maybe he can develop with me or with someone else, etc. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Okay. When this show is going online, I will be in Hong Kong and China, and I'm gonna go check out some venues for the fourth annual Cross Border Summit dot com. October twenty second and twenty third, we are working hard to make it as valuable and action packed, and about making deals, meeting amazing people, people from our show, listeners from our show. If you enjoy what you are listening to and want to support, 
definitely away is attending our cross-border summit. You, of course, hopefully can meet me. I will try my best to meet all of our attendees and our, we'll try to get a speakers and sponsors from the show to come. And it's just always been a powerful time. Every year, I believe it gets better and not always bigger, but better. You know, we're focusing on quality here, not quantity. Check it out, www.crossbordersummit.com. Thank you so much. Blah, blah, blah. It's blah, blah, blah time. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's do it. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening all the way through to the end of the show. Mar is amazing. I used to do videos. I used to be vlogging. I try, I'll try to record when I'm in Hong Kong, Shenzhen, because I'll be running around and I'll carry a camera on my face. But, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for people. We've had Serpent ZA, Winston also on the show, and, and Mar. And, you know, I, I, I kind of hide behind my microphone, but I try to focus on long-form audio content. I mean, if you're listening all the way through. You know, I know a lot of you, like Frederick from China Import Hall and others are listening. I think you're just in the, on the go. You know, you got your headphones on or your AirPods on or whatever they're called. And you're, you're listening. You know, I, I think if the camera's in my face, I, I can't, at least for me, I can't get as deep in a conversation. So I, I still think, I, at least I hope audio will stick around for a while. You know, to be on camera and be on a video, uh, at least for me personally, I can't think as clearly about the content. You know, I like um, the audio. You can get deeper into the content. Plus, it's, you know, uh, I'm not going to lie. It's a lot easier to make this. You know, I set up a phone call and have a conversation. And Alvin, our editor, is amazing and gets this all together. And Cheryl gets this posted. And, and our other team makes sure it happens and gets online like Mindy. So thank you, everybody, for helping make this happen and listening to it and a little bit of latin america as some of you might have known i went down to meet esteban in colombia about over a year or a year and a half ago and it was a, my first time to south america I had been mexico before maybe i'll talk about some mexico experiences as well but yeah we are still working on the summit in colombia or in latin america i really am fascinated about this trade i think Esteban spoke at a cross-border summit in 2018 about the opportunities that this trade war that seems to be picking up will bring to Latin America. The idea that China will make more trade deals with other allies or other trading partners such as those countries in Latin America as the war between China and U.S. or trade war, sorry, has to pick up. So I do think there's there's going to be some opportunities between Asia and Latin America. That's why I'm glad we got Mar on the show. I honestly don't have much on-the-ground experiences doing it myself. I do have interest to try to sell there or try to have some logistics center there. I know I've seen people talk about it in different groups online. Can I ship to Hong Kong from China and then say it's made in Hong Kong and send it to America to not pay the tariffs? I know you guys are trying to be creative out there, but that is uh, that is fraud. That is lying. You can't really lie and say where something is made. But defining made, I know some people could define made if you do a certain amount of percentage assembly 
or certain amount of packaging or something. I don't want to get so technical. Maybe that could be a future topic. But I know some people send from China to Mexico or Latin America and have it somewhat assembled and put together there and then sent to America. And then it's a little bit gray or you got to be a little bit careful, but maybe it could be made in Mexico or made in certain parts of Latin America that has less, especially if there's this huge tariffs with China. So that could be an opportunity for you, um, which maybe I should look into or you should look into, or maybe somebody could send me an email at mike at globalfromasia.com with a tip on that. There's terms that's existed since before I even came to China. People were doing that. Um, I'm forgetting the Spanish word, but I know there's people when I, I lived in San Diego for quite some time and there was people sending product from China to Mexico to do assembly and they did say a certain percentage of work was done in Mexico could be considered made in Mexico and then there was certain trade agreements. Uh, I'm not even sure what's up with NAFTA. I haven't followed the trade agreements with US and Mexico and Canada. I've heard Trump is working on making some changes so I, I don't know but they would say they could get it into America from Mexico at a much better rate than from China too the U.S. directly. So I know that might be something interesting for you um, to think about. Also, uh, for more blah, 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 I'll switch it up to Mexico. Yeah, I lived in San Diego in 2007. It was kind of my buffer, my de- de-stressing from Wall Street before China. I didn't think I would live in China. Honestly, it was my buddy Peter had a spare room two blocks from the beach in Ocean Beach. And uh, I was working online doing eBay and websites, a little bit of I don't even think I was doing Amazon yet, and that's uh, 2007. I, I no, I did do Amazon. I had Channel Advisor, and I was I, but it definitely was nothing like it is now. And I think it was like 10% of our sales was Amazon. Mostly it was website actually, and some B2B. Back in the day, I got bored. To be honest, I was getting bored in San Diego. It's so beautiful, like, but uh, I did take some trips down to south of the border <laughs> to Mexico. Unfortunately, it wasn't too much business. Uh, it was mostly for fun with our... Uh, Peter is Polish, P-I-O-T-R, born in Poland. I think his parents are. I don't want to be wrong. Maybe he was born in the U.S. or I think he was born in Poland. But anyway, I was with all these Polish friends of his, these hardcore drinkers. And I don't think, you know, obviously there was a sober driver, but I was not sober. And we went into uh, Tijuana a few Friday or Saturday nights in my days in San Diego and... Uh, you know, I don't want to get too much in trouble on the podcast, but it was definitely a, I remember, I think it was the first time I went to Mexico when I was in San Diego. I did go to Cancun spring break in college, but definitely my first time to Tijuana, which is a border city on uh, Mexico, California border, not too far from San Diego. And we were kind of laughing because it was like Fort Knox. It was like, there was like a, border from Mexico into America was like cement wall like zigzagged cement walls with like lights barbed wire like dudes with guns I think it was like scary but then the other side was entering Mexico I don't want to disrespect you know you know but there was like no uh, security I just feel like we just kind of kicked a, a chain link fence door with our foot and it just opened and it said like welcome to Mexico and I think it was an early YouTube video of mine, but I, uh, 
you know, we just had some tacos right on the other side of the chain link fence uh, in Mexico. Um, and but coming back to America was scary. They were serious. I mean, it was it was late at night. We had seems like some college students that were under 21 do that quite a bit in California. I was over 21, so it wasn't the reason I had to go. But they were uh, they were pretty rough. The customs, you know, cust- U.S. customs coming back. So it was much, much, much more difficult to get back into America. We all did, luckily. I've had other border stories in my days with my friends in Canada to the U.S. too, in September 11th, 2001 days. But we can save that for another episode. I hope you guys enjoyed today. But uh, I've always been fascinated with this cross-border we're still called Global from Asia. Our summit is called Cross Border Summit. I don't know. I was gonna call it the GFA Summit, but just thought Cross Border was cooler. And uh, I'm kind of lazy to change the Global from Asia podcast to like the Cross Border podcast or something like that. But uh, it is more be more than just Asia. I mean, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this interview with Mar Marguerite Rodriguez. Very talented, beautiful woman check her out on youtube she's really great she's vegan as she mentioned she's extremely health conscious and she's very helpful so hopefully some people will view her youtube videos hit that subscribe button hit that like button on hers definitely hit the subscribe on our uh, itunes or whatever you're listening to today as well and we will try to be as unique as possible talking about crazy trades between all around the world in this cross-border business e-commerce world. And I hope I can get into China when the show's on. I'll have a 10-year visa. Just got it. Scared with this trade war thing, but uh, I got it and I will be in China. Hopefully it doesn't affect the cross-border summit either, this trade war. We will see how things go. Thanks again for listening. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.